Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day. And this week, I sat down with Kathy Branzell. Kathy is the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force, author of five books on prayer, and has served as national coordinator for a variety of ministry movements. Kathy has graciously made time during this busy election week to join me and discuss prayer for our country in the wake of our presidential election. This is being recorded just seven days after ballots were cast, and on this week's episode, Kathy and I discuss ways we can focus on healing rather than hurting in the midst of this division. Kathy shares beautiful insights about praying before we speak or post, and we talk about honoring God as we pray for our country. This is a powerful episode you'll want to share with your leaders and with your people, so let's dive in. Please join me in my conversation with Kathy Branzell. Kathy, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. Oh, so good to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Kathy, you serve as president of the National Day of Prayer, and I can personally attest from serving alongside of you in different uh, ministry initiatives that this is not merely a you know, ministry position for you. You are an absolute prayer warrior, uh, leading by example. You've prayed for my family on many occasions. And I want to thank you really for making the time to be with us today because it was very short notice. Um, with everything going on this past week in our country here in the U.S., I really felt led um, that we needed to talk about prayer for our nation. I reached out to you, Kathy, and you made time in your schedule for this conversation. So thank you for joining us. No, thanks for the opportunity. And, you know, God made time. I, I think we had this side, you know, conversation about how miraculous it was and how grateful I was to um, look at my schedule and see this time open. So this date was definitely on God's calendar. And we just get to have this conversation. I'm so grateful. I am as well. Super excited. Uh, so, Kathy, we have obviously um, experienced a lot here um, in America this year, right? Um, the pandemic. Um, we've had, you know, issues with policing and everything that's um, uh, come around that, racial tensions, protests, riots. On top of it all, this happens to be a presidential election year. Um, so we have, we've had lots of things, Kathy, that have seemed to be um, in, in many ways pushing people apart rather than bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I both know that there are many pastors, many church leaders who are wanting to help overcome you know the hurt that so many people are feeling the division that so many are experiencing and so i'm curious kathy could you share with us a bit of what what has your team been uh doing and how have you been navigating this to help bring about some healing well um there have been a lot of things and i am grateful um that (laughs) so we've tried to change our vocabulary instead of talking about the craziness or the challenges we've tried to turn our vocabulary to the opportunity uh, minister into and the opportunities to see god's glory um and really it had to first begin with us um, as a team begin with us individually. And so that would be true for inside a church for every pastor and for every church leadership team to just say, we, we've got to get this right between us before we can expect it or preach it or present it, you know, to the, to the flock at large. And so with that, 
um, just asking God to search me, uh, the Holy Spirit, just search me out and whatever's in there, whatever worry, whatever anger, whatever angst, whatever preferences that aren't of you, anywhere that I become selfish or worrisome or prideful or argumentative, Lord, pull that out of me. And then in that, almost in a Daniel moment, uh, pre-going into captivity, pre-going into lockdown, pre-election, pre-all kinds of things, just resolving. So right here, right now, it's not too late to resolve how you're going to live each day. Um, And if you need to surround yourself, as we have with um, the Word of God, as the light to your feet, the lamp to your path, then do it. Um, People are hanging post-it notes from lampshades and on their walls and their computers and their mirrors. Uh, Psalm 37, 8, cease from anger, forsake wrath, Mm. Um, you know, and, and do not fret because these things only lead to evil doing. And so you just resolve, nope, every time I feel anger, I'm going to praise instead. I'm just going to hand it over to someone bigger than me. That's you, Lord. Um, I'm going to leave room for your wrath and anything. Help me to have a less offendable heart mm. and to just leave room for your discipling and your love in other people's lives. And, and I'm not going to fret because no matter who's in the White House, no matter what the diagnosis, because for many people, the pandemic has been their first experience of a healthcare fear or a healthcare um, uh, concern. But for many of us, we've walked through cancer or health, other health issues. And so with that, you can't fret um, because God is still on his throne. And no matter who's in the White House, no matter the health concern, no matter what's going on in the world, um, we can pray your will be done on in heaven, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, which is calmly, which is um, immediate obedience, which is without fail. Hmm. And um, we rest in that. Yeah, that, that I think that's uh, an important point, Kathy, the, the idea of resting in, in um, the truth and the power of, of God. And I feel like oftentimes whenever things are being shaken around us, uh, we, we forget that the kingdom of God is unshakable, right? And so, so we, we, like you said, we get caught up in worry and, and concern and fret, and, and we feel that somehow we need to shoulder a lot of things that, that maybe we're not really being called to shoulder. And uh, Kathy, I know one of the things that um, your ministry organization, National Day of Prayer, does is you, you bring together um, Christ followers throughout the year from a variety of backgrounds. I mean, it's, you know, the church is, is very diverse, right? And so you guys seek to, to gather people who have very, very different experiences, very, very different backgrounds um, together to pray for our country and to pray for our leaders. Mm -hmm. And, And yet there is, there's so much, you know, division within the church right now. We see this specifically around the presidential election. And just, you know, a, a week out from that, you know, there are some that are saying, you know, if you're a true Christ follower, you can never vote for Joe Biden. Others are saying, if, if you really follow Jesus, if you really love Jesus, you can never vote for President Trump. I mean, there's, I, I mean, that's some of the rhetoric. 
right. how how do do you respond as um, as an organization that's seeking to encourage you know the entire church? How do you respond to these types of, of arguments? Uh, well, one of the things we did when people really got to arguing and things got really nasty on social media, we called for a Nehemiah response, which mm. was a 52 days of rebuilding the wall of prayer and worship around and inside America. And so it was a total hold on, refocus moment throughout the church to say, let's talk about, let's spend our energy on um, our time our social media influence and equity, whatever, by uh, talking about what we can agree on, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we did 52 days of uh, posting scripture and prayer on our social media walls, and then going to one another's walls and not only liking, but sharing those posts. So we were literally filling the social media air with prayer. And then beyond that, uh, it, we had the, and it's not rhetoric, it's really a, a, a direction, a resource to say, vote your values. Mm. So um, every person, just like you have to make a personal decision for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to have to make a personal decision about your vote. And so you need to do your own research. You need to read the word of God. You need to pray about it because we're all going to stand and give an account for the the influence and opportunities and giftings that God gave us. I mean, we're going to give an account mm -hmm. for that incredible responsibility and right that we call a vote. And so you've got to vote your values. You've got to say, as you cast your vote, and I'm not just talking for president, um, you know, state, local government, everything mm -hmm. from your sheriff, your superintendent. I mean, remember the seven mountains. You want the people educating your children, the people leading in um, local government and the business world and so on to um, be people, hopefully, that pray and follow the word and way of God. Um, but you've got to know that the decision makers you're choosing are going to make decisions that align with your beliefs. And only you can decide that. No one can tell you what to do. Yeah, Kathy, how, how are you seeing believers and ministry leaders and pastors um, trying to bridge that divide? Um, you know, what, what are some of the things that, that your team has seen that ministry leaders are doing in the midst of you know, some who are, you know, really almost kind of um, pushing that divide. Right. You know, but then there are some who are, are seeking more of kind of um, seems like reconciliation in, in the things they're doing. What, what are some things you're seeing or what are some things that you could recommend that churches begin to embrace to overcome that division? Right. Well, even in my article um, that went out last Thursday and um, on, on Election Day, I actually posted a video to our social media calling for healing. Hmm. Um, we every single person needs to understand you have purpose. Um, you are either right now adding to the hurt or adding to the healing um, of your church, of your neighborhood, your community and America. That's good. Um, so you're making love 
stands at the intersection of everything you're about to say or decide. And you can choose, no, I want to have my say. No, I want to get that last word in. No, I want to get that one good swipe. You know, I've got some good sarcasms, you know, saved up here. You know, just let me at them. Um, Or you can just pray before you say. That became my thing. Pray before you say. And um, and say, okay, Lord, um, is what I'm about to say, um, check my temper, because a fool argues with a fool, first of all. That's scriptural, and that's um, also biology. When you're mad, uh, the chemical mush going on in your uh, brain of epinephrine and adrenaline has now turned the logical part of your brain off, and you're about to say a bunch of things you're going to regret. And probably won't make a lot of sense. Hmm. So a fool argues with a fool. So if you're mad, you are not in a position to eloquently articulate what you would really like to say in the name of Jesus. (laughs) So check your temper. Secondly, check your tone. Um, Am I, since I'm always before the Lord, he never leaves us or forsakes us. Am I really speaking in a respectful, gentle tone? I love that scripture teaches us not only what to say and what to do, but it tells us how to say it and how to do it. Mm. And you'll find the words gentleness and respect connected to a lot of those commands. Um, And then thirdly, is what I'm saying truth or is it just a preference and an opinion? And and so with those three kind of checks in your spirit, then those are conversations. Can we open up healing? Can we open up crucial conversations that lead us back together that don't turn into critical confrontations that further drive us apart? And so we're seeing a lot of conversations coming together to say, what do we need to do to heal. Yeah, that's good. I love that. So temperature, tone, and and truth is what we're speaking, really truth or just a matter yeah. of opinion. And and I think, you know, um, as you go through those, you know, I'm just reflecting on, on just a lot of what I've seen and heard and experienced over the last seven days. And um, uh, I, th- I think that's a huge and, and easy, simple thing to think through um, to help measure our you know, how are we reflecting Christ in our conversations and the things that we post? And one of the interesting things is, as you're talking about truth um, versus an opinion or a preference, I, I feel like that is one that I've been seeing more and more um, people not not really taking the time to think through. It seems that um, we see in large part people are taking their opinion and in, in championing it as truth. So are there some things that um, I'd like to dig into that just a little bit more. Are there some things that you have um, found in your own practices or that that you've experienced um, that can help us step back and and really take the time to evaluate? Are are we claiming something as truth? Because a lot of people are are using scripture. You know, they're trying to to back up what seems to be opinions or preferences uh, with scripture to kind of declare that it's actually truth, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? So, um, you know, one one of the great ways to study scripture is to get into the original Hebrew or Greek Aramaic and find out exactly what words mean. Um, and that's so easy to do with technology nowadays. You know, you can go 
um, online and pull up Strong's and it, in in uh, at least the new international or the new American Standard version um, on various websites and and click on the the word and get deep into it to really understand what it means so that you're not twisting truth to what you want it to say. Um, also studying it within context hmm. um, because you can pull stuff out of context and pretty much say whatever you want, um, but that doesn't make it true just because you can stick a Bible address at the end of it. Um, but it's really a Holy Spirit moment um, of growing up. There's got to be a maturity. And, and, and that's the hard thing about being a pastor. That's the hard thing about being a ministry leader. Quite frankly, that's the hard thing about being a mom and dad yeah. right yeah. now is that your quote unquote flock, who, whoever you have influence over and whoever you're trying to shepherd, is it all different uh, layers of spiritual maturity, life maturity, age, and, um, you know, I've kept this close to me with Colossians 2.6. Um, you know, it says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. You know, that it, there's, there's just this moment of, hey, you've got him. Now walk in him. Right, walk right. With him, having been firmly rooted, now being built up. And, and so we're all somewhere in the building stage. I think that grace is the first step. I talked to somebody about this the other day um, in the middle of a, a confrontation with someone else. And I said, always lead with your grace foot. Huh. So you don't know what you don't know about their life, about their day, about whatever this chain reaction of emotion is that has just gone off in them. And so lead with grace and just hold your tongue, pray, and, and maybe even just have the guts and the heart to say, tell me more instead of shut up or <laughs> screaming over them or walking away. What if we incline our ear to them and our heart to them for a moment and we learn to listen? And so in, in that, just like God inclines his ear to us when we're in the middle of a fit even, and, and just allows us to tell him more. And that gets to the root of the fruit of whatever's happening. And so firmly rooted and being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So I stop, you have to stop and ask yourself, am I walking, praying, loving, making disciples as I was instructed and am I overflowing with gratitude <laughs> or am mm -hmm. I overflowing with something else? <laughs> and so lead with grace, lead with gratitude, lead with listening, and then be willing to love um, through the storm um, to, you know, all the way across to, to healing. Yeah, that's, that's golden. Uh, it does seem that um, there's a lot of, a lot of um, shouting or a lot of declaring and not a whole lot of listening. And, um, and as we well know, to, to really grow and mature and in relationships with others is, you know, that, that listening component is so very key. Um, so I love, I love that, Kathy. I want to talk a little bit about um, prayer and, and, and specifically um, over the last seven days, there have, um, you know, I've seen, um, a lot on social media, various, you know, prayer emphases. 
that kind of boldly declare there's an agenda behind um, you know this this prayer gathering. Uh, they're mm-hmm. clearly stating their prayers have a specific bias when it comes to it's speaking specifically about you know the election, right? Um, who who will be the next president of the United States? And um, one of the things that that uh, just personally troubles me is I have a lot of friends who are outside of the church, that friends that I've you know been praying for for years and and um, have strong relationships with and and would love to see um, them place their faith and trust in Jesus. And, and I know some of them, they, they look at that and they kind of, they're like, well, if that's what the church is, if the yeah. church is saying we're praying, but the prayer, there's this agenda about this whole prayer, you know, that, that they have trouble, you know, reconciling that. And right. so I'm just curious with, with your role, um, you know, this is, this is what you and your team do, um, you know, with National Day of Prayer and, and prayer is such a, a huge part of, of what you do day in and day out. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, as ministry leaders and as pastors, how how should we approach prayer during this time? You know, in this specific way, in in, in a way that um, is responsible, in a way that that really honors God. Mm. So the easy answer <laughs> <laughs> is to go to the prayer pattern of what many know as the Lord's Prayer. I mean, maybe if you've never even stepped in a church before, somewhere along the way, you've heard the Lord's Prayer. Uh-huh. And and I, let me just say, I agree with you 100%. It, I have people that I have been talking to and talking with about Jesus for years that we went back 20 steps in uh-huh. this election season. Right. And I keep saying the seven mountains are our mission field, not our God. So, um, you know, my boss isn't my God. My president isn't my God. No sports or entertainment person is my God. No, you know, um, no academic is my God. And so I'm sorry, but at one point in your life, if you belong to the church, you're going to have to say this. I'm sorry if the church, someone at the church, someone from the church, some Christ follower has hurt you in the past mm-hmm. because a lot of people have left the church because of one person. And how sad they'd leave God because of an imperfect person being perfected by a perfect God. Hmm. So in that, let's come back to prayer. Our Father. Uh, Those two words right there, our, is relational. So bringing prayer back to relationship first, of course, vertically with him. We remember prayer is a conversation with God. So we not only want to listen to people, but we want to incline our ear and listen to him. So taking moments of just being quiet and listening for the spirit to prompt in some way. So our father, the perfect heavenly father, we're all his children. At the end of the day, he doesn't look at us as Republicans and Democrats. He doesn't even look at us as Americans. He looks at us as his children, all of us made in his image, one nation, the whole world, one blood under one God. Hmm. That's how he views us. So refocus our father in heaven. So holier above the White House, above the sheriff's office, above the superintendent, above Congress, in heaven Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. So at the, it, I would say for any prayer gathering, if there's somebody in there, it's one thing to ask 
God for something to intercede and to ask. And it's a second, it's a different thing to declare to God what he will do. Mm, (laughs) And we start telling the creator of the universe (laughs) what to do. Um, If you ever pray without a heart like Jesus had in the garden, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, perfectly, immediately, as you wish, our God. And and to just take that prayer from there, that is the quickest and easiest way to reconcile people in prayer because it's a biblical established pattern of prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ said, when you pray, pray like this. Mm-hmm. We've got to be able to come back to the core of who we are and why we are, and that's Jesus. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. It's great, great wisdom. Um, and, and the other thing I love about it, Kathy, is um, it's really hard to argue with what Jesus did so plainly. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, people can't say, well, that's kind of your opinion or your thought or that's your, you know, your theological tradition or, or whatever else. Um, you're going right directly to Jesus as he was kneeling and praying to his father, our father. Right. And it's hard to argue with that. So, um, that's, that's. And I can't find a single prayer in all the scripture. Jason, maybe you can correct me, please, if you found it. (laughs) I can't find. Any quote from Jesus, any prayer from Jesus, where there was some kind of loophole about the government or where he was cursing the government. I mean, he was living in a time of Roman occupation and oppression. They could just scoop you up the street and crucify you. They could, you know, say, carry my hundred pound pack a mile. And Jesus said, you know what? Go to Mm-hmm. Um, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. It, it, I can't find any political argument <laughs> in Scripture where Jesus was like, oh, you know, those dirty foxes. The only time that he had anything nasty to say was to us religious folk. Right. Um, but in the words of my mother, you should have known better. <laughs> um, and, and so we have to remember that in this blessed opportunity of living um, in a democratic republic, and getting the right and responsibility to vote, um, there's no loopholes in Scripture. And as Jesus modeled and mandated, so must we. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Kathy, so much uh, uh, great advice from you. I'm so glad we were able to get together. I'm curious, are there, um, are there any tools or other resources um, that you'd recommend to pastors and church leaders um, as they're you know, looking to lead their people in, in praying, and not just during this time, um, although I think it's important that we are, but, but uh, like you said, uh, you, you've told me before, um, you know, uh, the National Day of Prayer is, is the organization, but it's not like it's only one day a year, right, that everyone gets together and, 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 and prays for the country and prays for the nation and prays for our leaders. Um, so, so what are some resources and tools that pastors who are listening in um, could kind of get their hands on or take a look at that could help them in creating this um, pattern and lifestyle of ongoing prayer um, for their people? Mm. Well, thankfully, the world is not short on prayer books. Um, you know, I've written five myself, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just grateful to get to add to the collection if it gets one more person praying. Um, but at, at the nationaldayofprayer.org, 
We have lots of resources. Um, I, I would encourage people because prayer just feels like a huge subject, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you throw out pray, pray without ceasing and they're like, what? <laughs> um, and so it, it, pick an area, pick a pattern, pick. Um, I would beg families first and foremost. So let's not, um, uh, don't turn your pastor into some sort of contracted discipler of your children. Um, be in partnership, yes, but I would beg uh, families to start a family prayer altar. Hmm. And uh, you can get uh, Claude King, who was the co-author of Experiencing God, um, along with Henry Blackaby, uh -huh. wrote for us this year a simple plan that will raise up this next generation, this younger part of this now generation, on how to pray, but to bring us together to pray as families. And it opens up all sorts of discussion, but also teaches the whole family how to pray for the seven mountains of influence here in America. Um, but the, if you want to turn your eyes towards justice and race, racial uh, reconstruction, because, um, by the way, we haven't mastered that any more than we are further out of, you know, this pandemic. It's still going on, mm -hmm. even though we're not talking about it as much. Um, there's some great books, but one of my favorite prayer ones is called Make Us One. Um, and it's a 31 day prayer journey um, towards racial healing. And uh, so I love that it, it was written by 31 different authors, all contributing um, and coming together to do that. So it's called Make Us One. And um, then, of course, I'll, I'll just go out and throw out there. Um, my latest book was called An Invitation to Prayer. Mm -hmm. And it consists of the five things that I find people are looking for in my over 20 years of ministry, and that's peace, love, wisdom, happiness, and purpose. And it takes you on a 90-day habit-forming deep dive into patterns of prayer that help you in Scripture only through the Lord find peace, love, wisdom, happiness, and purpose for your life as God defines and designs. Love that. Love that. So many great resources. And for our listeners, we will have links um, to those resources in the show notes so you can check those out. And, and Kathy, as we kind of wrap up, um, any any final thoughts, guidance, or maybe encouragement that you'd like to share with um, all of our pastors and ministry leaders who are listening in today? Mm, know that we are praying for you daily. We are praying for you. Uh, so at National Day of Prayer, we have a prayer call from 10 to noon Eastern time every day and from 10 p.m. to midnight every day. And we are praying for our pastors and our ministry leaders um, throughout that, along with all of our other prayer calls that we're going into. You have suffered much and you have, you have shepherded well this year. You have been creative and innovative. You have sought the Lord in every decision. You have led with love. And um, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And know that we are praying for you. Amen. I love it. Thank you so much, Kathy, again, for, for making time in this, this very busy week to be with us. Um, and super excited for our listeners to have the opportunity to hear from your heart some great nuggets of wisdom um, that can shape us as individuals, as, as ministry leaders, and also can help shape the people God's entrusted to us. So thank you for being with us today. Mm, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate it. Awesome. God bless you, sister. You too, my friend. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. We hope you are finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we would appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcast so they can benefit as well. Thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcasts at churchleaders.com or connect with me on Twitter. You can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the Faith Play app, available for both Apple and Android. So be sure to check out Faith Play. Until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well, and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.